This is New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Mocker. If you're enjoying this podcast, the best thing you can do for the show is to tell somebody else about it, help spread the word, and take a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. Ukrainian pianist Nadia Spachenko wants to do something very special for the people of her homeland. She started off by doing some benefit concerts, raising a lot of money initially. But she wanted to do more, something that would be a little more lasting. So she's put out a new recording. It features music of Louis Spratlin, and like all of her projects, The music is very specific to the theme, the mission that she's trying to accomplish. And in this case, it's about the people and the war in Ukraine. It's called Invasion. And that's what we're hearing about this week on new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Mocker. Let's start off by just having you introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and where you live now. Hello, my name is Nadia Spachenko. I am a concert pianist and recording artist, and I'm originally from Kharkiv, Ukraine. It's a city that's been on the news a lot. It's been bombed since February 24th. I grew up there, and right now I live in the United States in California. And you teach there, right? Yes, I'm professor of music at the California um, State Polytechnic University in Pomona, and um, I teach and I concertize, so I, I combine those two professions. And you have been searching for ways to express what you've been experiencing in your homeland of Ukraine as an artist and as a pianist. Can you talk a little bit about how you're feeling overall and how you've been able to channel those feelings into your art. Well, the war started on my birthday on February 24th, and that was just the most horrible day. And ever since then, all I think about is this war and how I can help, what I can do. Um, it's it's a very difficult because my family is there and um, in Kharkiv, and um, my, many of my friends are there as well. And just... I. I am just trying to stay active and to help as much as I can. I performed some fundraising concerts. Uh, I raised um, $45,000 through one concert with, with my colleagues that we all got together. That was two weeks after the war started. And after that, um, I wanted to do something that was more, not a one-time thing, but something, a project that would be kind of ongoing where I could raise money and raise awareness and promote work uh, of Ukrainian artists. And I was already planning to release a CD with composer Louis Spratlin, who wrote many pieces for me during the pandemic. But on the first day of the war, we talked and uh, we decided that he was going to write a large piece about this war. He was um, very eager to do this. He was so angry and he just wanted to pour his feelings um, into this piece as well. And um, that w- that's the title piece, Invasion. And the other pieces are also very um, influenced by this war and by my experience with it because I was learning the pieces and recording them during the time uh, since the war started. And many images, may- many of the things that I imagine in these pieces are 
connected to the war. For, for example, in one piece, um, Wander, there are some quotes of earlier classical pieces. And when I hear them, I think about when I first discovered classical music, which was in Kharkiv. And I'm thinking about concerts that I heard where I heard music for the first time or where I performed for the first time. Um, for example, in the new opera and ballet theater in, in Kharkiv, which is now shattered. So like, I, I think back to, to these memories. And as I was performing these pieces and recording them, everything was somehow connected to what's going on there. For example, there was a video of high school seniors in Kharkiv dancing in front of ruins of their high school in, in dressed up um, clothes, um, and they were dancing a waltz. So there was one piece that was waltz-like, and I was completely imagining that. So even pieces that were not written about the war, that were written before the war, First of all, they were written during the pandemic, so they definitely have that character in them, uh, pain and things like that. But also because of my interpretation of, because of the timing of recording this, everything is connected. But I also wanted to connect it even more to Ukraine. So I commissioned uh, numerous Ukrainian artists to respond to each piece on the CD and to make paintings and artworks that respond to the music. So that I have many paintings that are, respond to the war and then also many paintings that respond to other pieces that are not directly connected to the war. In fact, those artists said that it was great to just kind of not think about the war for just a little bit and to just enjoy the music and think about nature and other things that the music describes. So so it was it was a collaborative project. I collaborated with many people in Ukraine on this. And um, I, I really hope that the listeners check out the CD and enjoy the music and definitely check out the art. Where can we find the artwork? So if people buy the CD... There is a very extensive booklet that features a lot of the artwork. And actually, this uh, booklet can be downloaded for free as a PDF as well. And people can read about the project, read about all the pieces, read the, the thoughts, poetically written thoughts of these Ukrainian artists about each piece and see the art. Um, and that booklet is available for download for free on the Reference Recordings website for this album. So if they go to Reference Recordings and click on the album page for Invasion Music and Art for Ukraine, they'll be able to purchase uh, the album and they will also be able to see the booklet even before they purchase and also watch the video trailer that showcases a lot of the art. And we should also mention that all the proceeds from this recording are going to the Ukrainian people, is that right? Yes. So we are donating 100% of proceeds um, to Razum for Ukraine. And also there is a charity that I am hoping to partner with, the Lisa Batyashvili Foundation, which supports musicians. And she's specifically supporting uh, Ukrainian musicians displaced by this war. So I'm hoping to work with these two charities. Um, I already set up a special account with Razum, and um, I'll be raising funds uh, through the CD sales. And then we I even have a link now uh, for Razum for Ukraine where people can donate more than the CD cost and it will go directly to Razum. And right now they're raising funds for um, backup generators since the power is down in so many places in Ukraine because of the attacks uh, on the infrastructure. So they're raising money for critical aid um, that's most needed at the moment. 
What are you hearing from your family and your friends who are in Ukraine? I mean, what can you tell us beyond what we're seeing in the news? Well, it's hard to say because uh, my father who lives there, I talk to him every day, and he also gets all his information about the, from the news, but also, you know, he talks to his friends and family who are in Kharkiv. He's actually now not in Kharkiv. Um, he lived there in the basement for a few months, and he got very sick, and um, now he's in a place that's a little safer, renting, and um, but the rest of the family is in Kharkiv, and his friends are in Kharkiv, and it's just uh, horrific, you know. The city is being bombed. Um, many cities in Ukraine are being bombed uh, indiscriminately. Um, there could be a bomb falling anywhere in Ukraine. No place is safe. That's what he always says. You know, it just it's not safe anywhere. And but people are just trying to live their lives. And for example, I'm in close touch with the artists who I collaborated with on this album. And um, they're just trying to go on. They're uh, very active. They're constantly creating new art. Some of them are creating art that's um, specific to this war. And uh, for example, Lesia Bablak, uh, one of the artists, she has a lot of exhibits that present this art about this war. And then Yuri Nahulko, he uh, also has some war paintings, but he specifically painted oil paintings in response to three pieces on this album that were not specifically about the war. But he's painting like Almost every few days he has a new painting, and now he actually has a really big exhibit uh, coming up. So he's trying to live his life. Sometimes he tells me he goes to a concert, you know, hears music and um, looks at art and galleries. So people are still trying really hard to just stay positive, and um, people are very strong there, and they're believing in victory, and they're just trying to continue living their lives, but they don't want to leave the people that I talk to. They they want to stay there. They feel like this is their country and they want to help as much as they can. You know, th those artists uh, are all involved in fundraising. We also have Olena Papka and Kati Prosenka and the studio Azanizimaza in Kharkiv, which is doing incredible work with children. Um, for example, I have a lot of paintings on this album that were made by children who were sheltering from the bombs in the subway stations uh, in Kharkiv. Many families uh, lived for many months in the subways. And so um, the teacher from the studio, Mikola Kolomietz, went every day and worked with these kids and they made um, inst art installations, exhibits that uh, describe their feelings about this war. So it's very powerful and I'm using a lot of that art on this project. Am I right in understanding that all of the music on this recording is by Louis Spratlin? Yes. Louis Spratlin is a Pulitzer Prize-winning composer. He's in his 80s, and he's someone I have collaborated with a lot in the past. And the, the reason that I was able to release the CD so quickly was because we were already planning to have a CD, and a lot of the works were already written. Because otherwise, it takes years and years to put a project like this together, because my projects always feature music specifically written for the project. So it takes a long time to write the music, and then I have to learn the music. But because we already had this planned, um, my record label, re Reference Recordings, were able to move the date up um, and release this pretty quickly. So it was a project that was made in record time. So that is why I'm featuring music by Louis Pratlin. And, um, but I wanted to connect it more to Ukraine. So that's why I am also collaborating with a lot of artists. And the trailer was also made by um, a visual artist in Ukraine, the video trailer. And is Louis Spratlin an American composer then? Is he from the U.S.? 
Yes, he's an American composer. He lives on the East Coast. Um, he was a professor at Humhurst for many years. Um, he's now retired, and he's very, very prolific. He writes very quickly, and he writes such a huge output. You know, he just finished a symphony, and he's just writing, writing, writing. The centerpiece of this recording is his work called Invasion, and it's an unusual combination of instruments, piano, alto sax, horn, trombone, timpani, snare drum, and mandolin. Do you know why he chose this combination of instruments? Well, I think he chose mandolin because he wanted to have a folk element. In, in fact, um, there is a Russian folk song featured at the beginning. It sort of signifies the Russian forces arriving before they invade uh, Ukraine. So, so that element is pretty important, and that sound is pretty important. Um, and he wanted to use uh, wind instruments, I guess. This, it evokes for him more of sort of the military sound at, at times sounds that are more descriptive of, of war, I would suppose, um, and especially the timpani. The combination of timpani and then the horn and the trombone and then the saxophone. Just has such a specific character. It, it has often melodies that are very heart-wrenching and very passionate and kind of it just has a very special, unique sound that that is really fitting for the, for the character that um, that he assigns that instrument. And of course, piano. You know, I actually play sometimes with my fists. It has really huge sound at times. Uh, and this piece is not what a lot of people expect as a war piece. It actually is quite hopeful. It has a lot of elements that are uh, descriptive of maybe Ukraine as a country as it used to be. Um, it's wistful. middle section especially is very wistful and beautiful and poetic and it kind of signifies nostalgia for what used to be and just kind of remembrance of the beauty of Ukraine um, and then the outer sections uh, more hectic and uh, frantic and angry sounding sometimes and just, just kind of wailing sometimes, so they're describing a lot of, of the war battles and, and just the war content. One of the things I noticed is there are many different moods represented on this recording through Spratlin's music. I was taken by the six rags that he wrote for piano. And some of them are very unsettling. And then some, I don't know, maybe are a little more nostalgic. Can you talk about each of these rags? Because I'm wondering, too, if the titles represent places to you. The rags um, are written about specific places in New England. So they are reflective of those 
places and especially of the effect of nature and how a human interacts with nature. And then, of course, the ragtime music is interwoven throughout. It's, it's just a very unique combination. Um, I've never heard anybody do something like that. And each place um, is very specific. So each rag is inspired by a very specific place. And there are actually program notes that describe the places and, and how each rag was inspired. So the Gusai Mountain is one of the two highest peaks uh, in the Mahusaks. It's a perfect cone and rises Matterhorn-like from a long bare ridge. This is what Spratland wrote. It seems always to have its own wisp of clouds hovering just above. And if you see, uh, actually there is a beautiful painting by Kati Prosenko uh, from Kiev. And um, she made this painting of this woman and just, just, just the way that this woman is situated, it's, it's just very touching. And um, the way she described it is how humans are interacting with nature. Humans need to coexist with nature. They need to support nature. They need to not destroy nature. So she took a lot of that into her understanding of the piece, which I also feel is, is very important. So that painting really represents so beautifully um, these pieces. And also Yuri Nahulko, who painted a beautiful blue painting. He thought that when he listened to these rags, the whole world turned blue for some reason. And it's just it's just such a beautiful descriptive painting, also very natural. There is a there is a lake and there are mountains, and but it's dark, dark and blue. And it's just um, it's nice to have those images. And of course, people can look at the images of the actual places, photographs, as they're listening to just know um, how Spratland was inspired. The Mount Greylock rag ends in a very fragile way. Can you talk a little bit more about that rag, please? Mount Greylock is Massachusetts' uh, highest mountain. So it takes us from its base to the tower at its summit. Um, as uh, Spratlin writes, equipped with a blinking beacon. So the way that it climbs up... So it starts very low, and just like just like the place itself, it, it continues rising um, gently and gradually. And then it ends at the very peak at the top, sort of describing that tallest mountain. And very, it's 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 very gentle. So it's kind of a gradual rise, and it represents kind of. The, the, the rise of, like, if you're looking at it, you know, first first you're kind of standing there in the bottom and you're experiencing, experiencing being close to Earth and being one with Earth, but then you're going towards the sky. You're, you're you know, you're kind of going higher. And I think the music gets just so um, crystal and so um, tender at the top there, and it just kind of disappears. So it's almost like you're going into the clouds and into another realm. There's a pastoral 
that is the fourth track on this recording. Can you talk more about this piece? Because it's very beautiful. How does it fit into the bigger picture that we were talking about a little bit earlier? Well, Pastoral is um, the third movement of the piano suite. And actually, this is one of those pieces that I mentioned before where uh, it's waltz-like. And when I was imagining these uh, high school seniors dancing, So it has that wistful feeling how they they were all dressed up formally and they were dancing and they were nostalgic about their school, which doesn't exist anymore, but they wanted to celebrate anyway. So to me, when I was listening to it, it's a very gentle piece. In fact, there is a marking gentle for it. And um, it just kind of spins around and it's very dancey and it has this um, elegance to it, which I think is, is, is really special. This was written during the pandemic, and it just has has this simplicity and this beauty that is very, very touching, I think. But to me, again, I had those images, so it connected um, to the images of my home city when I was playing this, but also to hopefulness, you know, dancing despite everything, dressing up despite everything. I want to talk um, a little bit more about the closing piece called Wanderer, and this piece reflects the current experience of what many Ukrainian people are living, quite frankly. And there's a hero in this piece. Can you talk about who that hero is? Well, it's interesting because this is actually the oldest piece on the program. Um, Most of the pieces were written either in 2022, 2021, but this piece was written in 2005. And this is also the only piece that wasn't written specifically for me. It was written for pianist Jonathan Bies, who uh, toured it all over the world. But interestingly enough, I think this is a masterpiece. I think this is a piece that should stay in repertoire. It's a huge piece. It's one of those Mount Everest pieces to climb. It's just, uh, it's very, very difficult. And the content of it is just so profound, I think. And to me, it connected to the experience of people who are displaced by the war right now. Because um, uh, there is a wonder of as an O and wonder of as an A, right? So the wonder of as an A, um, it's like you're wandering around, you lost your place, you're in a new place, you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to find the meaning of life, trying to find what's coming next, right? And then you're wondering, with an O, you're you're wondering what comes next. You're wondering what's going to happen to the world. You're wondering how Ukraine is doing. If you're in Ukraine, displaced, you're wondering how your city is doing that you had to leave because you're displaced. Or if you're outside Ukraine, you have that nostalgia. And there's this constant adventure, constant um, searching for something. And a lot of sections are searching They go for something, but then... Everything changes, so so they're not necessarily reaching the destination. And there is just so much content in this. There's so much emotion. There's so much imagination that went into writing this piece, I think. Um, I think this is what makes it a, a masterpiece, although I think all the pieces are masterpieces on this album. But that piece especially, it's a very large piece also. It's 22 minutes long. And uh, as I mentioned before, there are reflections 
of music um, from the past. Uh, for example, it's not a direct quote, but character-wise, um, it was inspired by the second movement of Beethoven's fourth concerto. And um, also, the, I hear some Schubert. Another melody that Spratlin composed, but um, it's a waltz melody. And actually, interestingly enough, that melody in a different form appears in the Invasion piece as well. So that kind of connects. If you listen really, really carefully, there is, there is a waltz um, that appears in both pieces. And the composer didn't even realize that. That was just, it's almost like he was connecting what was happening before to now. And um, it's, it's very different, of course, but I, I discovered it. It was just an interesting discovery. And so to me, it's this hero who is, um, who is experiencing these very powerful emotions and he or she is experiencing this, um, this journey, you know, that is very new. Like life has changed completely as this person knew it. And so... It's, it's just profound. And I think, uh, you know, people can imagine many different things when they hear it. And there's, of course, a lot of positive. You know, it's not all grim music on the CD. There's a lot of really heartwarming, uh, beautiful music that is positive and hopeful. So it actually, I think the pieces on the CD are presenting every possible emotion, every possible mood. And uh, because people don't just want to hear grim music. Even even people who live in Ukraine, they're hopeful. They want to hear that everything will be okay. They want to believe, and they do believe that everything will be okay, that they will win, that they will prevail, and Ukraine will be free. And so this CD kind of reaffirms that. The recording is called Invasion, all of the music by Louis Spratlin, and the pianist is Ukrainian Nadia Spachenko. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer of new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher. <laughs>